This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, know you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. The internet, social media, dating, and rideshare apps all make life so convenient and fun. Swiping to meet up with someone new has become part of our daily lives. It's also how many unsuspecting people have ended up dead. I'm Courtney Bell. And I'm Jillian Lee Garner, and we're the co-hosts of the true crime podcast, I Met My Murderer Online. In each episode, we share a true story of one such deadly online connection and hopefully how you can avoid it. We hear from all who were involved in the case. The investigators. They discovered a victim inside the house. Victims, family members. Right now, it doesn't feel like life can ever be joyful again. And sometimes, even the murderer themselves. You have to decide, okay, what are you willing to do here? Are you willing to kill these people? If you're a fan of true crime, then you have to listen to season two of I Met My Murderer online. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the questions I'm asked most about the predators I've caught is what happens if they don't show up in an investigation, if they have this sexualized, illicit chat with someone they think is a minor, but they don't actually go into the house or they don't show up, what happens? And in many cases, the answer is they dodge a bullet. They may have a chat with an online decoy from law enforcement or from an online watchdog group like Perverted Justice, the group we formerly worked with on To Catch a Predator. But in other cases, law enforcement will go after these people and round them up because in most states, 
the actual solicitation of a child online is enough to constitute a felony. But then there is a case that takes this to a whole new level, a level of danger to children. And that is the case of a predator I've caught named William Roach. William Roach first chatted with our decoys from Perverted Justice during our investigation in Fort Myers, Florida, which was in the spring of 2006. He chatted with three different decoys, sexually charged chats, all the decoys posing as children under age. Now, he didn't ever meet any of these people. He didn't come to our sting house for a couple of different reasons. But then in the winter of that same year, here's William Roach again, 31 years old at the time, chatting with two different perverted justice decoys during our investigation in Flagler Beach, Florida. And he showed up. And we'll get into that later because it's really creepy the way he shows up. He parks right in front of the vehicle of the previous predator who had been arrested. And he walks up and he goes through this whole routine. And we'll detail that in a moment. But he wants to know that no one else is in the house. And so he asks the decoy, the on-site decoy, a young woman wearing a robe, to do certain things. We'll detail those in a moment which she can't do. But Roach, who goes by the name, the names they give our dumb online, spends hours and days chatting with a decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl who goes by the screen name Judkin Amazing 93 And there's no doubt left to the imagination of what the names they give our dumb, William Roach, wants from this girl. You're only 13, he says, based upon her profile. Yeah, you, 19. He says 19. Later, he'll say 24 and ask if that's okay. He's really 31. 19. He's pretending to be a teenager in the grooming process here. You're hot for 13, he says. He he, thank you. Do you got any pics? Yeah, let me send you the link. One second. You got any others? Okay, now we're literally two minutes into the conversation. For 13, you got big boobs, he says. 13. You got big boobs. Thank you. I just got the ones in my profile right now. She's talking about the pictures because my mom went like psycho and broke my cam in shit. Why? Because she didn't know I had it. This is the decoy spinning her story. She never home anyway. He's going to like that. My mom took mine away, he says. Now, remember this 31-year-old Will Roach, William, but he goes by Will sometimes, is posing as a 19-year-old boy. And so he's trying to gain this girl's confidence by pretending he's 19 and she's 13. He wants to have a similar experience. So he's going to tell her a story about his mom taking away his camera. But listen to this. The story is pretty, pretty colorful. My mom took mine away. I was chatting with one of her friends and she watched me jack off and told my mom. What a bitch, says the decoy. I bet she liked it, LOL. 
She was old. I didn't know who it was. She kept asking me to do it, and when I showed my face, she logged out. And then my mom told me the next morning, Really? Will? That's your story? Oh my God, that sucks, says the decoy. Yep, she even told my mom she saw me come. Wow. She's like 45. And then he asks, Are you a virgin? Yeah, she says. Ever done anything? Yeah, I'd done BJs and hand jobs before. How many guys? Like four. Where do they come? They did it in my mouth. You like it? It wasn't bad, she says. You swallow it? Now, again, we're just minutes into this conversation. A 31-year-old man talking to someone he thinks is a 13-year-old girl. You swallow it? I did with my ex because he wanted me to. Taste bad? No, not too bad. How old was he? 17. Big dick? I don't know what big is, she says. You've had four different dicks. How long were they? He's getting aggressive. Now, remember, he's talked to three other perverted justice decoys in a previous investigation earlier that year. This girl, this decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl, is the second one he's had communication with in this investigation in Flagler Beach, Florida. Early December 2006. And he wants to know if this 13-year-old girl's previous sexual experiences involved men with big dicks. And he talks about oral sex. Didn't eat you? No, my ex said guys don't like doing that. What? I love to eat pussy, he says. What a champ. And you're going to really dislike him as this goes on. I mean... It's bad enough what he's done right now, correct? But wait till you see what happens after this. And then he's going to play the victim card. Oh, I hurt my arm, my shoulder. He's going to try to get sympathy from the detectives who are going to interview him. You'll see that in a moment. He ain't going to get it. Then he wants to know where in Florida she is. It turns out he's in Daytona, which is within an hour of Flagler Beach, east coast of Florida. Flagler Beach, if you'll recall the investigation, we had a pretty cool little beach house right across the street from the Atlantic Ocean and the beach. Neat little setup. Very successful sting. You shave your pussy, he wants to know. Yeah, there isn't much to shave, though. There's more talk about exchanging pictures via email. She asks if he has a sweet car. I have a truck, he says. Oh, that's hot. I need to eat you. He doesn't want to talk about his vehicle. He just wants to talk about sex. Yep, you will come. I heard it feels good, she says. Yep. You know how to do it good, she asks. Yep. I've done it a lot. Sweet. You wear thongs sometimes. What else do you wear? Like how I dress and stuff? Question mark. Yeah. I wear like Hollister, Hurley, Roxy, Quicksilver. You... Abercrombie, Nike, Adidas, jeans regular. Now, again, he at this point is still claiming that he's 19. You horny, he asks. No, not right now. I am, lol. And then he'll go on and ask if he can masturbate for her. He talks about that a lot. He talks about having intercourse with her. He talks about oral sex. He talks about anal sex. She wants to know if it hurts. He brags about how prolific he is with sex. 
He asks more details about her previous sexual experiences. He wants to know if she likes to drink, smoke weed. She says weed makes her feel dumb. And then the door opens because she explains to him that her mom is going to be away soon. And that creates an opportunity for this 31-year-old posing as a 19-year-old to visit. My dick is hard, he says. Is it okay if I jack off to your pics? Hee hee, yeah, says the decoy. Since you can't do it. What happens when you play with yourself, he wants to know. Nothing, it doesn't feel good or bad, so I, I don't do it. You rub the clit or go inside. Clit, she says. He's going to be the sex teacher now. What would you like to do to me if you were here? Whatever you wanted me to do, she says. You decide, he says. Now, this is another example of the predator putting this off, casting responsibility on the victim. Imagine my dick is in front of you and hard now. What would you do with it? I don't want a cyber, by the way. Me either. I just want to know what I'm in for. He's really hungry for this meeting now. After you come, what would you do? He asks. I don't know. A lot of stuff. He wants to know if she watches porn. She's 13. How's she going to get porn? I mean, I suppose she could get it online, but... Eh. He sends her a pornographic video. She responds, that chick made a weird-ass face in it. Yeah, I wonder what that was about. This one is good. Big cum shot, he says. And then he sends an actual video of himself masturbating. This all takes place right around Thanksgiving, a week or so before the sting in early December of 2006. More talk about visiting. Her mom's schedule. So you'll be all alone, he says. Yep. Hmm. Sounds like a great idea. You home alone and waiting for me? He wants her to be naked. She says, I'd be embarrassed. I'd have to be behind the door. I can't wait to taste you, he says. Come give me head. Then he asks if he can tell her something. And he makes an admission, false as it may be, that he's not really 19, he's 24. He talks about not wanting to get in trouble. She says, with my mom, no, he's more worried about law enforcement. And he should be because he's about to find out that this is a sting. Well, to be honest, he says, I thought you were really older. But after having talked to you, I believe you're young. What do you mean? Like I'm a liar? No, I just thought at first it was like fantasy. Forgive me. Okay, so now he even gets into what he might be using as a defense down the road, that he thought it was just a role-playing chat room fantasy. But he admits right here that he knows she's young. He believes he's talking to a 13-year-old, and that's significant. Let's talk about what alcohol she would like to drink. She asks if he wears cologne. Yeah, I wear steel bot right now. It's like a hundred bucks. What a stud. OMG, I love bot. It smells so good. You know it? Well, I know the bod commercials. <laughs> he backs around. It's almost like he forgets what he's earlier discussed with this particular decoy because he's talking to another one. So do you give good BJs? No one ever complained. They all come fast? Yeah, 
I don't. You will have to work for my cum. This. So this wraps up. And Will Roach, Willy Boy. Oh, and by the way, he says, can I fuck you a few times? Not just once. He says in so many words that he's going to break her in because she's never had intercourse before. And then he's on his way. Now, wait till you hear about this, and you may have seen it in the original story, but we're going to get into more detail about it. He creeps up to the house. This is at night. And he's really, really, really hinky. And we're watching from inside as he pulls up in front of this other car, the vehicle of another predator, and he starts to walk through the yard. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Now he walks up and our decoy is dressed in a white robe. She's an attractive young blonde woman. And she calls him in. Oh, and by the way, William Roach is a Taekwondo instructor at the time. Disturbing because he can be potentially dangerous with his hands, his fighting ability and disturbing because he teaches kids in an environment that is very hands-on. And he's had problems in the past, as you'll hear. William Roach, a Taekwondo instructor, approaches. He even parks nose-to-nose with our previous visitor's car. Come on in. It's freezing. Hurry. But he won't come inside. And perhaps to prove to himself this isn't a setup... This game of cat and mouse between Will Roach and our on-site decoy goes for a few minutes. Come on in, she says. And he has a request himself. He keeps asking our decoy to flash her breasts. The neighbors might see me out here. He asks our decoy to flash her breasts. Will you flash me, he says. Now, this can't happen, as you can imagine, for a number of different reasons. She says the neighbors might see me. Just like our earlier suspect, Roach sends along video of himself masturbating. But at the house, he remains wary. Roach is rangy. He asks if someone is in the house. Someone in the house? The decoy goes as far as she can to invite him in, worried that a neighbor will see him. The problem is I'm afraid to come in. Yeah, you should be. My neighbors are going to see you out here. Open the door up for me. Open the door up for me. Come here. He's working it. But he's nervous. Come on. Come here. It's freezing out there. Come here for a second. Please come in here. We're inside watching this on the monitor. I'm right next to Ron Knight, my security guy. And, you know, these are tense moments. So I'm thinking, there's a pretty good chance the guy is going to come in but he's super hinky, as I mentioned. He doesn't, and he turns to walk away. His predatory, spidey senses are tingling, but he doesn't get too far. Roach decides it's time to move out, and the Flagler Beach police move in. Now, this predator is going to pretend to be a victim. He's stunned that the mean police from Flagler Beach would treat him this way. Well, they didn't treat him rough. They just put him under arrest. Get off the square. Get on the square. 
I didn't do anything. Come on, dude. I didn't do anything. I did not do anything yet. I did not do anything. I did not do anything. I did not do anything yet. What does that tell you? He's down. Dopey ball cap still on his head. And now he's going to be the victim. I didn't do anything. In fact, his crime was already committed when he had the illicit chat online. He checked all the boxes. Not even close. He may think he didn't do anything wrong, but in Florida, he didn't need to go in the house to commit a crime. It's illegal to use a computer to attempt to solicit a child for sex. We find out later that, according to perverted justice, Roach had a sexual conversation with another decoy during our Flagler Beach investigation. And in April 2006, he chatted with three other decoys during our investigation in Fort Myers, Florida, 270 miles away on Florida's Gulf Coast. I would have loved to have had the opportunity to interview Will Roach. But he was arrested and taken down to the interrogation area that was set up. And while I didn't get to talk to him, the detectives at Flagler Beach and with the local prosecutor's office, the state attorney's office in that county, did talk to him. And we have that interview. We have that video. We had a camera set up in the interrogation room. You'll hear what Will Roach has to say next. And as you can probably predict, Roach will say that he didn't know really how old this decoy was. Well, we have it in the chat. Okay, I want you to have a seat in this chair right here. At the Flagler Beach Police Station, Roach tells the investigator he doesn't remember how old the decoy said she was. It says right here that you're hot for 13. She told you she was 13. I chat with, I mean, anybody, anybody. Do you send just anybody pictures? Yeah, pretty much. And of you masturbating? Um... Yeah, it's unfortunate. Unfortunate, all right. Well, listen to what Detective Liz Williams had to say a few weeks after that investigation. Great detective. She's with Flagler Beach. Unfortunate. Yes, which would lend you to believe he was a little more uh, sorry that he did it for his own self as well. So as unfortunately, as- <laughs> because it was the wrong thing to do, or unfortunately, because he got caught doing Unfortunately, it. because he got caught was the uh, impression I got. And there's something else... Detective Williams found out about Roach's background. At the very time he was arrested in our sting, he was facing legal action, a lawsuit, for trying to pull down the blouse of a co-worker, apparently, is the way the court documents read. He's into having women flash, even if he has to flash for them, apparently. There's a pending case now of where he had um, uh, allegedly grabbed a woman's shirt and pulled it down to expose her breast. In fact, two women who worked for Roach at the time at the Taekwondo Center claimed that he also exposed his penis to them. This is in addition to pulling down the blouse to expose one of the women's breasts. Two women who worked for Roach at the time allege he also exposed himself to them and touched them inappropriately. Roach denied the allegations. And, of course, there was concern because he worked with children, teaching them Taekwondo. Due to the fact that he also um, works around children. Teaches kids Taekwondo. Right. Which is a physical activity. Correct. Roach would 
eventually be charged criminally, but not before the detectives had more questions for him. Forward. Can you, is there any way you can tuck the jacket underneath? That's what's happening. I'm having issues with it. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, why don't why don't we do this? I'm, I'm going to get some information. Yeah, I've, I've got to get this hand turned around. Okay. Let me see your hand. I don't mind if you turn it. And which, then the officer, punched, the officer struck me in the face for no reason. I didn't know what was going on. Which hand? The left hand. This hand. I just got to get turned. You want it turned that yeah, way? Yeah, takes pressure on the okay. arm. Is that better? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Try not to lean back on them because that's going to push it up against your hands. I know it's not real comfortable, um, but we'll do what, what we can for you, okay? Now, he's whining the whole time during this police interview that his handcuffs are too tight. He's got flex cuffs on, which is normal police procedure. And then he starts whining about how his shoulder hurts, his arm hurts, because, well, the police tackled him roughly. He claims he was hit in the face. We didn't see that. He was just arrested. And had he done what the police asked him to do, he wouldn't have even had to go to the ground. If he just put his hands behind his head, he'd have been fine. And quite honestly, from seeing it, even though it was on a monitor, it didn't look like he was injured. He's playing up sympathy that he's not going to get. What's your name? William. William, okay. Do you go by William or Will or? Yeah, Will. Will? Okay. All right. Uh, Will, what I'm going to do first is I'm, I'm going to read you your rights, and then I'm going to get your name and stuff for the paperwork, okay? Roach is given the opportunity to say nothing. So, um, so do you understand what your rights are? Yes. Okay. At this time, are you willing to waive those and talk to me? Um, I, I will speak to you, yes. Okay. He's read his rights, and then he says, well, I will speak with you. I won't cause any issues. Is there any way I can just get my left, my either put it in front of me or my left shoulder? Yeah, I, I won't cause any, I, I didn't put up a resistance at all. It just when the officer hit me in the face, it kind of stung me. Right, and, and actually, because of security reasons and policy, we can't do that. And I can do whatever I can to try to make it more uncomfortable. It's, it's, I mean, make you more comfortable, but I can tell you that um, the more you move. It's not supposed to sit behind me at all. Is it possible to maybe put one in the middle of them? He continues to whine about how uncomfortable he is, alleges an officer hit him in the face, even though he didn't resist. Wah, wah, wah. Willie. Oh, and by the way, Roach has a young boy at home, his son. He's worried about getting home to him. Well, he wasn't too worried about raping a 13-year-old, was he? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a big zipper scar on my shoulder. I mean, mm-hmm. verification of that. So, it does it? Is it always going to hurt if your if your hands are behind your back? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's going to. Okay, just one minute. I mean, I, I don't want to cause a lot of issues. I'm okay. not, I'll sit here still. I just it's, it's very painful. Okay. Okay. What I'm going to do for you? I'm going to cut those off here. And I'll put a, put a new set on you up front. I appreciate that. But when I cut it, the first hand that comes up, don't move it behind your back. Keep it behind your back, okay? Just, oh, I won't move. When it's time to put your hands up front, I'll let you know. Okay, I won't cause any issue. No, it's, it's, it's just, it's just that's fine. It's just a safety thing. Okay. Ultimately, the police accommodate him. He said he had some sort of surgery earlier in his life. They release him from the binds behind him and they cuff him up front. The interview continues. Your phone number was... 17 Lincoln, sir. I don't... I don't. Standby, Central. 
They send that automatically. They'll send the rescue truck and they send an ambulance automatically, so they'll look at it. Doesn't mean you need to go to the hospital. Okay. Then he claims his pain worsens, so they call a paramedic to come check him out. He's trying to buy time, but that's not going to do him any good. That's okay. He's writhing in pain now, though I suspect he's faking it. Is there something? Could you set it on the desk to make it not hang? Okay, they'll be here in just a minute. After more complaining, medics come to check him out, and that's pretty much the end of his interview. Roach, ultimately, after pleading not guilty, pleaded guilty to charges associated with this case. He got two years in prison, eight years of probation, and had to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. As far as we can tell, he left Florida. He petitioned to get off probation after six years, but was denied, but ultimately is successful the following year, and he got off one year early in 2017. In 2015, as far as we can tell, he moved to South Carolina, got married and apparently has a young child with his wife. I was able to find a cell phone number for Will Roach, and I gave him a call. Okay, we're going to call William Roach. Hello. Hey, Will. Yeah. It's Chris Hansen. How you doing? Who is this? It's Chris Hansen. Okay. Wanted to ask you some questions about you know, the time we crossed paths in Flagler Beach, Florida. No. How you doing these days? Will? As you can hear, Will was not interested in chatting with me about our earlier encounter. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. As you know, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the minds of predators, the motives of predators. And these are predators who, as you know, try to assault sexually children after meeting them online. What we talk less about here are adults trying to abuse, assault other adults using dating sites online. And it's a big problem in this country. 10% of sex offenders use dating sites. A hundred murders a year stem from connections first made on dating apps. And there are some 16,000 abductions and thousands of sexual assaults each year that come from meeting on dating apps. There is a podcast you need to check out that explores all this. It's called I Met My Murderer Online. It's hosted by Jillian Lee Garner and Courtney Bell. They join me now to talk about some of this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having having us, Grace. How did this idea get started? Did either one of you have a bad experience or was it just the accumulation of horror stories out there? And there are plenty, certainly to fuel your podcast. 
to explore. Well, we actually were approached to do the podcast after the first season was released. And Jillian and I were particularly interested in taking over as the new host because uh, I think in many ways our friendship has been built around us having a similar level of anxiety and fear and having multiple discussions about ways to try to keep ourselves safe, specifically in regards to social media and online platforms. And Jillian, I'm of the age where we didn't have online dating when I was your age, obviously. And so you had to go out and meet people the old-fashioned way in person. But today, it's the norm to meet and engage with people online. There are inherent dangers here. What has surprised you most or what has disturbed you most about what you found doing this podcast? How easy it is to find people and how easy it is to release information that you don't necessarily think will result in something dangerous. There are stories in our podcast where I th- the first episode, Pop Smoke, he accidentally shared his address of his Airbnb and that ultimately resulted in his murder. And it's just little things like that that you don't necessarily think about on your day to day, but that we have to have an extreme awareness of now. It's just something we've never really had to deal with as a society of being so private and cautious about what we share. So yeah, I would say how easy it is to get into a dangerous situation has been the most surprising. And Courtney, I talk about grooming, the grooming process all the time Mm -hmm. on this podcast, how adults are able to tear down the traditional walls we have in society between adults and children. But that same kind of grooming goes on between predators and and adult targets as well. Yeah, especially with the fact that when you're meeting somebody online and you're talking with them for an extensive period of time before you meet them in person, which you would perceive to be the safer thing to do, right? Rather than meeting up with somebody immediately online, taking sometimes days, weeks, months before you make that initial connection, you can really create a very, you know, fleshed out fake identity to make somebody feel comfortable with you until months later you find out who they really are. Jillian, what do you tell your peers, especially women your age, to look out for in these types of situations based upon your experience telling these sometimes very disturbing and violent stories in the podcast? I always tell people I know that ask, when you're posting, when you're about to post anything online, you should ask yourself two questions. You should ask, can anybody find me from this post? And Mm -hmm. is there any personal information that can put me in danger? As long as those two questions are answered, then go for it. Go ahead and post. If a person is trying to take you to a second location after the initial meeting, I usually am very wary of that. You should meet in a public setting. And if they're like, oh, let's go back to my place or, oh, let's go somewhere more private. If you don't know this person, please don't. That's a good rule of thumb I always have. Don't go to a second location. Absolutely. And Courtney, I guess the same rules apply that we use for kids online. If you don't know that person in real life, you really don't know that person at all. No, not at all. And even some of the safety precautions that we've been learning as we're watching, something as simple as even if somebody is your personal assistant, being wary of how much information you give them, allowing them to have access to your text messages, your emails, your bank statements can really get you into a sticky position specifically if you're not monitoring it yourself. I think the main thing that we have learned is no matter how much you trust someone, you still need to be careful. Right. And never give away any of the passwords or the 
keys to the locks that you have to protect you in any way. Exactly. No. What kind of reaction have you gotten to the podcast? Uh, we get a tremendous reaction from people and we get a lot of story ideas and, and we hear from people who sometimes have been victimized by the very predators I've caught in these other cases. Have you had people come forward to tell you their horror stories from online dating or these apps? Yes, in the sense where people are realizing how common these things are. Mm-hmm. And people have come up to me and been like, I didn't even think about how posting my new car could potentially mm-hmm. put me in danger, how posting the outside of my new house because I just became a homeowner, how dangerous that can be. Mm-hmm. And things such as during the beginning of the summer when the podcast launched, people are graduating. The students are graduating. And even in my neighborhood, you see all of these signs that are like, congratulations, Chelsea, going to X school. You know what I mean? And Or graduating from this middle school, going to this high school. And it's like, I just don't think that's a safe thing to do. And just mm-hmm. people don't realize that. So we've gotten a lot of thanks, a lot of thank you for these warnings. Thank you for shedding light to this. Yeah. It's a fascinating podcast, and I recommend it highly. Jillian, where can folks find you? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us at IMMO Podcast on Instagram. Excellent. The podcast is I Met My Murderer Online, hosted by Jillian Lee Garner and Courtney Bell. I'll be watching and listening. Thank you, Chris. More of our story in a moment. As you know, I do like to hear from all of you. And this week's question comes from David, all the way over the pond in Birmingham, England. Hi, Chris. My name's David, and I'm from Birmingham, United Kingdom. Um, My question is to you, do you have much thoughts or opinions on this new meta-universe AI Obviously, it's in the news over in the UK that it's a new platform for predators to target young people. And obviously that it's not regulated very well. I just wanted to know your thoughts on it and what you think about the situation. Is there a possibility to do some investigation into that or maybe, again, some predator takedowns? So, yeah, that's my question. I've been a fan of the show for years now. I've watched all your predator takedowns on YouTube, True Blue. It's it's brilliant stuff and it's amazing what you do. So just keep it up. Thank you, David. And it's an excellent question. You know, I grapple every day with how AI impacts what I do for a living. But this, as you mentioned, David, is something that's very, very concerning. The meta-universe is obviously an opportunity for adults, predators to meet children in this vastly unregulated, unmonitored, wild, wild west frontier. And Every time something comes out, the predators know it. The predators knew that kids were home and online in record numbers during the pandemic and exploited that. The predators knew in 2004 that kids were chatting online on MySpace, chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo. They learned that kids moved to Snapchat, Instagram, Kik, Badu, and on and on. And I'm sure they've already figured out that there is an opportunity in the metaverse. 
And so it's of great concern. And I'm glad you raised this because it is something that I should start taking a look at, and I will. And I will keep you posted, David, and everyone else right here on this podcast. If you're looking for me, you can always find me on Instagram, official Chris Hansen, Twitter, at Chris Hansen, X, I guess it's called now, or at least Twitter has an X logo. TikTok, have a seat with Chris Hansen, Cameo, and of course, my new streaming crime network, True Blue, T-R-U-B-L-U, watch TrueBlue.com for details. New Predator Stings under the Takedown franchise, several of them out now, dozens of new ones, more on the way, along with some very compelling documentaries that are now in edit and in the works. Watch TrueBlue.com for details. And as always, you can reach me right here at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening.